Good morning, and welcome to our daily time in the Word and Prayer today. This is Saturday morning, March 6th. If you could, as you can see, I'm coming to you from a different location. I'm in Indianapolis today where I'll be participating in a wedding of two good friends of mine, Alex Glennon and Abby Harmon. And uh, some of you may or may not know, but Alex works for TSCM. He's our administrator. And Abby interned with us a year ago. And... Um, and so I'm always glad to see uh, people who met one another, or actually they met one another beforehand, but who um, God maybe used a little bit of our ministry to help bring together. And so I'm here for this wedding. Since we finished First Peter yesterday, and we're about to start on a new series on Monday morning, which I'll be, in, I'm still a bit undecided on what it will be now. I've got several things in mind. I thought today would be a good opportunity in light of uh, me being here, to speak for a moment about marriage. Uh, I'm participating in the ceremony today. And did you know that every time you attend a wedding, you are participating as well? Indeed, that's what we think. That we, we often have lost sight of this in our modern culture in terms of thinking that the wedding is about all kinds of other things because so much planning goes into you know, what are you going to wear? What are you going to eat? Uh, what's the ceremony uh, with modern day with Pinterest going on now? There's all kinds of little things on the side that people do to make the, their special day just a little bit more special. And yet we don't want to lose sight of, of what it's really all about. I read this morning, Nicolas Cage, heartthrob to many, just a couple weeks ago had um, got married for the fifth time. That's right. One, two, three, four, the fifth time. And in the, the brief article I wrote that, you know, what clothes he wore, who made, you know, what tuxedo, what brand he wore, uh, where they got married. There was, you know, it was about the ceremony. But let's not lose sight of when you go to a wedding you are participating. You're not just watching all the peripheral stuff. The heart of the wedding is what? It's the vows. It's God joining people together. It's people coming together and it's, it's the community, friends, family, pastor, church. It's the community saying, we approve of this relationship. We support this relationship. We are here to uh, celebrate, but also to observe your vows, and we're going to help hold you to them. As life gets difficult, if there are challenges in your marriage, if you were there at a wedding and participated in the wedding and witnessed vows, you have a duty, you have a responsibility to, to help that young couple establish their family, be faithful to one another, Keep the promises they made before God and before you. You and I, we all have that responsibility to part we, because we are participants. You know, as our day, as our world has gone on, marriage has become um, far more of a man-made thing. When I'm on campus, and when gay marriage was such a big issue, the the question really came down to. Is marriage a God-ordained institution, or is it a man-made institution? As our countries become more and more secular, more humanistic, 
more rejection of God, it's the idea, well, people made up marriage and therefore people are free to change marriage. We created it, we can change it. We can make it whatever we want it to be. But if God is the one who created marriage, if God is the one who instituted it, then we're not free to mess with it. We're not free to change it. We're not free to make it be what we want it to be. Rather, we've got to discover what God says. This is such a fundamental change and such a fundamental difference in how people look at the world. Is God, is God the Lord? Is God God? Does God have a say in things? Are we to discover the plan of God? Or is there no God and it's all up to us? We do our thing. We make it what we want it to be. Of course, as Christians, we believe the Bible is that God is the one who institutes and God is the one who leads and God is the one who has a say and it's up to us to follow and to discover what God says. And so we read in, in Genesis chapter 2, the first marriage. The first marriage was between Adam and Eve. I believe they were literal people, by the way. I don't accept some of the uh, modern day thinking that they, they were uh, mythological or just stories or they were um, uh, somehow represented a group of people, a group of Neanderthals or something of this nature. No, they were created by God. God created Adam and God created Eve. And he brought them together. And interestingly, everything God had made up to this point was good, but it was not good that the man was alone. And so God brought Eve to him. God created Eve out of his rib, brought Eve to him. And from there, created the first family, gave them the command, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And, and of course, that's what we have done and are still continuing to do. God is a creator of, of marriage. And as a result, and, and by the way, marriage was the very first institution God ever created. He created an individual, then he created a family. I believe it all happened on day six, the same day of creation. He created the family. From the family, later on, God created, uh, the, the next institution was after the flood, God created government. And he gave, uh, as a result of the judgment on the earth, the earth was filled with violence. God, God judged the earth at the flood. Afterwards, he gave man authority over others in Genesis 9, 6, where he says, whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. The first time we have government. Later on, God instituted the church when Jesus Christ came. And so we have these basic institutions, the family, the government, and the church. And all three are necessary for a healthy society, a healthy culture. The first he created was the, the family. And the family has been under tremendous attack in our world, in our day. Um, I do believe it is demonic. I do believe the whole sexual revolution that came in in the 50s, 60s, and 70s has had devastating effects on people, on individuals, on this generation of young people growing up in our world today, so many of whom are confused, so many of whom have been hurt, so many of whom have deep issues with trusting others, so many of whom are depressed. And so much of it goes back to uh, the, the breakdown of the family unit, so much of the breakdown of our country, the crime, the, the, uh, the division in our land, the the animosity, the anger in our land. So much of it goes back to the breakdown of the family because these things are learned in that the family is where we learn love. 
family is where we learn uh, compassion. The family is where we learn discipline. The family is where we learn how to be good human beings. And where our families fail to do that, and our families fail to honor God, and our families break down and, and like Nicolas Cage, have five, five marriages in the last you know 30 years or less. It's not good for society. It's not good for children. It's not good for one another. Basically, we need to return to God, don't we? Because it's um, uh, in, in a world where it's all about yourself, in a world where your happiness is the ultimate goal, it's awfully hard to have a successful marriage. So marriage requires you die to yourself. Marriage requires that you put someone else ahead of yourself. Marriage requires that you love someone more than yourself. Mar this is all what marriage requires. And when you have two healthy individuals come together to love one another, to honor one another, to put one another ahead of themselves, to no longer say that life is about my own happiness, but life really is about my the, the responsibility of serving, of unconditional love, of commitment, of making it through times when I don't feel like it or I get upset or something, of raising children with this same commitment. That's what makes healthy societies. That's what makes healthy churches. That's what makes healthy people. I was at Florida State University a number of years ago and some you know, preaching on campus and there's a crowd out there and this one girl said to me, she, she said, do you mean to say, we were talking about this, do you mean to say if your daughter called you up and said she's not happy in her marriage that you wouldn't tell her to get a divorce? And I wondered, did I hear her correctly? And when I did, I, I gave a resounding, loud, emphatic, no, I wouldn't tell her to get a divorce because she's not happy. I would tell her to remember the vows she made before God. I would tell her to learn how to build a relationship with the person she said she loved. I would say, come on, seek God, find help from God. Life no longer is about just, I want to be happy. Life is about serving. True fulfillment in life is not about what do I get, but what I give. The Christian life, Jesus just turned it upside down and it's so obvious. You, gain, you seek to gain your life, you lose it. You lay down your life for others, you find it. I often tell the students on campus, I have found the people in life whose goal is to be happy seldom ever find it. The people in life whose goal is to make others happy or to serve others, they wake up someday and they say, you know what, my life is really full. My life is satisfied. I am a happy person. Jesus said it clearly. If you seek to hang on to your life, you lose it. If you lose your life for my sake, you truly find it. So today, our, I, I want to pray for our families because our families are under attack. And, and we live in a culture that's just so easy to say, it's all about me. When, when Jesus said, you know, Scripture says we should have the attitude of Jesus, who he lived, it was all about serving others. That's where true life is found. And I want to pray for the marriages here. The marriages are in our country. And again, for uh, the, the marriage, I'm taking part in the wedding today with uh, Abby and Alex and, um, and so forth. I do want to welcome you if you're new with us today. And I hope this is a good recording. I'm coming to you from a hotel room and my internet speed is pretty slow. 
So I hope that this recording's coming through well, okay? Let's go ahead and pray and um, together. Father in heaven, we bless you today with all of our heart. We thank you for your incredible plans. What a mighty God you are. What a wise God you are. Lord, you have created this world in a way that it can work so well, and yet we acknowledge that our original parents, they rebelled, and we all joined that rebellion, and we lived for years in the domain of darkness, in the kingdom of this world. We learned things wrongly. We thought it was about us. We thought it, life was about just uh, what I what can I get out of it? We confess, Lord, that we we were guided for years by our flesh, by lust and greed, selfishness and pride, envy, jealousy, anger. And we thank you that you have called us to a new life. You've transferred us from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of your beloved son. And we thank you that you open, have opened our eyes to the reality of who Jesus Christ is, the king of the kingdom of God. And we thank you that you've, we've, we've come to believe in you and we receive you today as our, we freshly acknowledge you, we freshly praise you, we freshly are receiving you. And in faith, you are our Lord, you are our Savior, you are our forgiver. We thank you that you not only forgive, but you give a whole new start in life. You make us new creatures. Today, Father, we thank you. We, we think of how your plan is not only wonderful for us as individuals, but also for us as a family. And we, we're so grateful for this. We're so grateful, Lord, as we see families around us that fail, households that are filled with strife and anger, children that, that growing up hating their parents, parents raising children that they dislike and allowing their, allowing their children to behave in ways and even giving permission for their children to behave in ways that are unsocial, embarrassing, even shameful, and they don't know what to do about it. Father, families are in such trouble in our country because we have embraced the ideas of the seculars, the humanists, and we've not embraced the clear teaching in Scripture. We pray, Father, today. I pray for the families of those here on this live stream with me. Help them, Father, to have the courage, the grace, the strength, the wisdom to conduct their families in ways that honor Jesus Christ, that are true to the teaching of Scripture. We thank you that this ancient book we have, the Bible, it's fresh and alive today, that no new sociologist or psychologist has improved on the teaching it gives on how to raise our children how husbands should treat their wife, how wives should treat their husband. Lord, we, we thank you for the wisdom in this book. It's so simple. It's so simple. It's so clear. It's not beyond the reach of any of us. It only takes dying to self, slaying our pride, and walking in the Spirit. We pray today, I pray, Father, for the families represented here. I pray that their homes would be places of security, places of love, places of joy, of strength, of encouragement, that their homes, Lord, would, that people, the children would be built up, they would be launched out and become mighty on this earth. 
Lord, you said the one who fears the Lord, that his children would be mighty on the earth. We pray, Lord, that the homes here would be filled with the shalom, peace of God. We pray, Father, that, that our families would learn how to resolve conflicts because so many in our culture don't know how to do that, Lord. We pray that there would be true love in our homes and that they would be, uh, Lord, I just pray in our families right here in this live stream that we'd be bringing out the best in one another. I think, Lord, of some relationships, they just seem to bring out the worst in one another. And I pray, Father, that ours would bring out the best in one another, that we'd be better people because of our marriages and we'd raise better children because, Lord, we're asking this year we'd be better people. And I believe that you're going to use our spouse, our children, to make us better people. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to be wise, to reject worldly ideas, help us to, to discern those magazine articles we read, those internet articles we read that, that just dispense worldly wisdom that fails, or the Hollywood ideals of, of people on their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth marriage. And somehow, Lord, we still think they're the ones to show us how it should be done. Help us, Father, to reject worldly concepts and build our marriages on your truth, your, your, your scripture, because you're the one, you're the one who created this tremendous, tremendous idea, institution of marriage. We bless you. I pray for these things. I pray, Lord, for this morning for Alex and Abby or anyone else who might be getting married today. Lord, that you would bring them together and they'd have a long, long lasting and successful marriage to the glory of Jesus Christ. I pray for today, Lord, for those who are troubled in their marriage or who maybe their marriage has failed. Lord, help them learn the things they should. Help them grow through this. Help each to become better and stronger followers of Christ. Our hope is not in our marriage. Our hope is not in our spouse. Lord, as we are growing, our hope is in Jesus Christ. Help us to firmly fix our hope in him. Lord, I, I pray for troubled marriages today, that husbands would not change just to please their wife, they would change to please you. And wives would not change just to please their husband, but they would be changing just to please you. I pray, Father, I would be the husband and the father you want me to be. My wife would be the woman, the wife, the mother, the grandmother you want her to be. And as we are dedicated to you and the people that you are transforming us into, we know, Lord, that will make for a strong, healthy, fulfilling marriage. We bless you today. We thank you. We pray again our marriages would shine in such a way as to be an attraction because we are asking for spiritual revival. Lord, our nation, it just seems like we've gone so far away from you. Ungodly ideas are so deeply embedded in our education, in our culture, in our, in our entertainment, in, in our laws. Lord, sometimes even in our churches. Help us to rise above that and to raise up mighty families that would be an attraction and draw people to faith that they too would come to you for healing, for new life, for a new family, for a new beginning and find salvation in Jesus Christ that would affect not only them as individuals, but would affect their family now and for generations to come. We bless you. We love you today. And we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen and amen.
God bless you. Thank you for being with me today. I hope you had a great time. I hope you have a godly family. And, um, and, and uh, the, you know, God blesses you. One of the great blessings on earth is your family. One of the great blessings in my life has been my wife, such a, such a wonderful person. I'm convinced God gave her to me because I need someone like her. And she's brought out the best in me. By the grace of God, I believe I brought out the best in her. And, uh, and together we've raised some wonderful children. And they, they're married now and we have grandchildren. What a blessing God is working and has worked in our life and I trust is doing in you as well. If you're new, welcome. And uh, make sure you hit the subscribe, the notify, the like. Uh, all of you, again, I see some of you have on here have, uh, several have inquired about our Israel trip. And we are still, um, you know, registration is open now for February of 2022. And it's a great trip. It's, um, it, it's, it's we, we don't have to rough it. We, we go to a lot of places and we see a lot of things, but it's not a, it's not a difficult trip. It's, a, it's kind of a luxury trip, to be honest. We stay in nice hotels, nice motor coach, wonderful meals. And uh, it's, it is a, uh, it's a great time of learning, fellowship, fun. Uh, worship. We have a great trip together. If you're, if you're interested in going to Israel and, and you're saying, after this pandemic's over, I want to get out of my house and travel a little bit, this would be a great trip of a lifetime. And so uh, join us. You can find out more information at tomthepreacher.com and uh, I invite you to check that out. Okay. God bless you. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. right here. I'll be back home in Columbus, and we'll, we'll focus our prayers on mighty churches. And, uh, and then we've got a new series we're starting on Monday. So we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great day.